Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Liberty Squadron Podcast. My name is Andrew Lewinsky, and this week I am joined with Zach Cady. Hello. Chris Apple. Hey everyone. And maybe Jonathan will be joining us a little bit later. We'll see. Hi guys. Oh, that's Jonathan's voice? Yes. Oh, that's terrible, Zach. All right. I don't know how to do voices. It's never again. Okay, so let's jump into this week's episode. I'm not an episode. acting scientist. Uh, I know you guys missed us last week, so sorry about that. We had some scheduling conflicts, but we're back, and we have a hyperspace trial next week that we're preparing for. So we're going to let go over a couple of things, like what happened in the past week's uh, hyperspace trials, what we're expecting in this next week's hyperspace trials, especially in our local meta, because honestly, what we're expecting is a lot different than what's happened in this the Florida regional, I would say, the hyperspace trial. Um, that's the only one I really got to look at. Chris, did you get to look at either of them? Uh, so we had two. There was a Florida 43-person uh, trial, and then another one that I don't think hit List Fortress with about 45. So we, we can go through those. Sure. Uh, yeah, so let's do uh, let's do Florida first. Just hit the quick hits for this. So um, 43 players total, right? We had 15 Republic, 7 Empire, 5 Rebels, um, 5 Separatists, 4 FO, 4 Resistance, and 3 Scum. So... You know, don't want to read everything to everybody, but that's just semi-interesting because people dropped uh, Rebels pretty heavily in that Florida meta for some reason. Um, maybe they weren't flying it before, but that's a significant increase in Republic. Um, probably something that we'll see as a broader trend, I feel like, just because a couple things went down in Republic enough to maybe make it look attractive, and it got a new ship. Uh, but But really weird to see Rebels drop off to five in a tournament like that with 43 players yeah that's definitely something to take a look at after looking through the, these results it's really interesting to see how many like five to six ship list like there's a lot of like swarms in this list and i'm curious if that's like a indication of what this next meta is going to turn out to be or if that's maybe just our local scene i uh, well so for for florida in particular um the guy who ended up winning it I uh, had previously won with a uh, sinker swarm and I, I think that might just be kind of a local thing a little bit but it's also sort of normal for early metas for people to gravitate towards like two of two possible options right one is the high initiative that we've talked about in the past just pure aces that can joust a little sometimes and then the other is like true high hp you know jousty lists that regardless of the time are probably going to be serviceable to make cut uh, so I think that's a little bit of what we're probably going to see broadly, right? It, not in every meta, because people tend to prefer smaller ship count. Um, but it's not too surprising to see a bunch of jousty things. So, like, just to explain for the listeners, uh, in the top eight, there were two sinker swarms, uh, both with a, a one of fourth arc and four torrents. Um, and then I think there was a third sinker swarm that had uh, Rick Ollie, who's the same cost as actually a generic arc, which is sort of interesting. Um, so that, that one picked up in I-5. And then, in addition, you get a whole bunch of other jousty stuff, like uh, five barrage bombers with Jonas, uh, a, a traditional tie swarm, and then we saw two uh, quad T seventy uh, resistance lists in the uh, in the cut there at top eight. So that's that's semi interesting, right? That, that like basically the entire top eight cut was just jousty things. <laughs> um, and then there, there, I should mention there's also an FO jousty list, taps and quick draw scorch and Revis. So yeah, that's a lot all at once, but this the defining feature of this Florida meta, which was the first to like record stuff, is jousty. 
Definitely. It, yeah. I mean, I guess that would be a good go-to thing to do. I mean, like it doesn't, I'm not saying it doesn't require a lot of skill, but like it's the most firepower that you could probably punch in. And until like other things start shaping out, like this is what we might actually see come the fir- first couple of weeks. Yeah, first couple of weeks, and then we know we just left a meta, right, where everything was just sort of jousty and and had decently high HP counts. So this isn't like like 2.0 is a game and hyperspace as a format. Like it's not it's not unusual for this to be happening. Um, so I, you know, I, I I'm not too surprised by it. It, uh, there's definitely some local meta things going on here, though, with three sinker fell lists, right? I mean, there's no yeah, question. I think that's the other thing is it's a safe bet early on, and it's the last big tournament down there was won by this. So I think like a lot of people around that meta are going to look at, well, this is already good and it's still around. Yeah, and it picked up an i five, right? Like now you can just run Rick, yeah. <laughs> which is crazy. Um, yeah, like so, we shouldn't read too much into it. I'm, I'm with you, Zach. It's just jousty things that joust are good. Oh, yeah, they're still Great. good. Yeah. They've always been good. Yeah, um, and then I, the, the other couple notable items, just because they're of interest to some people, I, it, Luke, Arvel, Jake, and Wedge placed 12th, and that that list was running sense and R2D2 on Luke with intimidation on Arvel. So that's actually something I've experimented with, and it's really, really fun. Like ridiculously fun. There's there's nothing more satisfying than using a wings that aren't terrible, right? And that's that was actually like kind of a semi interesting list to me. Um, yeah, not. I'm a little bit surprised to see that in 12, but there weren't that many people, so it, you know, it kind of works. Jonathan, what do you think about the uh, this justing meta that we saw down in Florida? Well, I think uh, so. Travis Cooper. I don't know if you said this already, but uh, Travis Cooper. He was on Florida Man Plays X Wing a couple of episodes ago, and this is his. I think his third regional win. So oh, cool. I think there's a lot. Yeah. So he's won three times, and he's won regionals in the past. So he is a known quantity down in Florida as one of the best players in the state. So I think it's um, not surprising that he's continuing to do well with this list. And he's got some followers, right? <laughs> so, I, I'm sure plenty of other podcasts are going to cover this tournament because it's the first one. I, you know, the, the cautionary thing here is like, this is early on. Don't draw too many conclusions. Definitely look at the good pieces and parts, and then try adding more upgrades and higher initiative to it until you get the better version of the list. So, I'll just kind of leave it there. All right. Yeah. The one. One of the things I've been like. Eyeing the sinker and the torrents list up for a while. I've been trying to throw a sinker in just a bunch of different lists. It's something I definitely want to check her out because I think it's an interesting aspect of the Republic that don't involve Jedi. And I think a lot of people, when they look at the Republic, cough, cough, some people here just gravitate towards Jedi. But um, it's definitely something that is on my radar that I want to put on the table. What one? Th- I guess what I was just speaking there, to there, though, Andrew, and this, I don't know what your take on it would be. Like when we go back to the beginnings of Rebel Beef, like way back, right? A couple months ago, uh, Rebel Beef started out as a U wing and a bunch of generic X wings and Y wings, right? And then over time, it got kind of refined down into this like swarm tactics, Braylon four ship thing, right? I don't know that Republic Beef will go through that same process, but you could definitely see lists already that mix in sort of like beef elements with an ace. No, so yeah, like yeah, Obi, no. like just to give a quick one, right? Like Obi, Obi Ali, or yeah, Obi Ali and like 
uh, what is it, two arcs? Like, that's not too far off of this, right? Sure. I mean, like, more so when I'm kind of looking at this was, like, when you looked back at the original, like, Drea swarms with uh, the Z95s. Like, that's kind of how I'm looking at this, that that is almost popping back up, that it, it feels like that. I mean, obviously, there's no quad jumper or not quad yeah the um quad jumpers tractor beaming and stuff like that but it's got that same feel that it's like you can run generics without having to refine any of that stuff and then have this one piece in there that it does feel like that that was the early drea swarms in the beginning um now i mean rest in peace our soul but I, i i like that aspect of it that these things are possible and like they're still performing well yeah, agreed. This is it, it's cool to see a, a sinker swarm doing well for sure. No question. This is the clone army doing its thing, right? Like, like that's it's it. This should be a thematic element of the faction. And it's cool that it is. Okay. No, if you guys want to keep going, I just need a second one. Oh yeah, no problem. So uh, let's jump over to the other tournament real quick. I, I know I skipped past it. The Tavson's Quick Draw Scorch Revis list is cool just because Revis's inclusion. Um, so if people don't know what Revis does. Uh, essentially, I think he can like acquire a target lock on things that are receiving target locks. Is that the way that works? Essentially, um, you know, like if quick draw acquires a target lock that counts as a red token, right? Do I have that completely wrong? Anybody? <laughs> Let me just get the, the revis words real quick here. None so of after, no FO things. Oh, that's right. So after a ship at range one to do get gains a red uh, or orange token, you can acquire a lock. So I believe target locks are red, right? Correct. So if Quick Draw acquires a lock, Revis can get a lock. Full mods are cool. It's range one to two, so there's a possibility of range one. All this is good. So Revis is pretty cheap. Pretty cheap. It's nice to have two dice that's going to hit for two without investing in advanced optics and that kind of stuff. Um, or not that you would put that on, on two dice, but fanatical, if you get the idea. Um, so yeah, moving on. Uh, just other tournaments. So there was another uh, trial. I forget where this was at, but also had 45 players... Uh, the the cut there was actually like kind of super interesting. So this is a top eight cut. It had quad fangs in eighth place. So Andrew, congrats for placing eighth at some tournament that we didn't know you went to. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh, there was uh, a vulture. There were two vulture swarms, I think, that made it. So one of them had uh, two B twenty twos and five vultures. Uh, and then the other, I think, was just the Ocho potentially. Um, and then just a couple notable things. Vader soon tier and two bombers, which now runs closer to 200 points, are at 200 points. Uh, still here in the cut, so someone kept using that, and it worked. Surprise, surprise, two I6s at, at 200 points is still pretty good. Um, and then this one's pretty notable, but the eventual winner of this thing was Lando Thane and Nora. Uh, and you know, people aren't aware of how Lando and the, and the Falcon works, they probably should be. Um, I know we've got, you know, Graham, a local, has been running it to some good effect. He's kind of learning how it works and how, how flexible it makes a list. Uh, but I, I really do expect to see a lot of different variations on Lando and two other ships over time. I would would recommend making one of those other ships Luke. But literally the amount of room that this leaves after you put Ninnum crew on there, there's a huge number of list building options. It's actually crazy. It's funny that, then, like, yeah, Jonathan. I was going to say, and then Lando Thane and Nora are all at I-5, so it gives them a lot of flexibility. Yep. So Lando can go, he can have Thane or Nora reposition, and then they can move. So Yeah, and it's a range 0 to 3 coordinate that Lando's throwing down. 
which is crazy, right? Like it's it's not it's like normal coordinates range zero to two, right, or one to two. Um, Lando can do that just pretty much at will. Um, so there's a, there's a whole lot of options here. Like you know, without going to too in depth on how Lando functions and why it's good, mainly because you can rotate and still take an action, which is great for turrets. Um, but it, just listing some options here, you can do Lando, Luke, and Braylon. You can do Lando, Wedge, and Braylon, and then fill that entire list out with Swarm Tactics, so it's three I-6 shots. Um, and then you can just do Lando, Luke, and Nora. So this thing won, and this guy took Thane. So I assume he did that because he was investing points into Lando, but you so don't have to do that for this to be functional. So what I was saying is I think two of the things that, like, after re-looking at the points adjustments, like there are the, two of the things that I really want to look at are the bell blobs because those things went down like ten points. Um, yeah. Whether you look at it or not, but like they, they got a deep cut. So uh, it was cool to see that you said two of them went into the cut with the uh, swarms, um, and then the large base turrets in general. Like I think like with other things going up in rebels, like the Falcons are definitely something to look at, especially like Lando, like that action economy on there is like crazy. I know I've been looking at stuff like Lando Han in general, just Lando being at I five, being able to like coordinate, coordinate Han or even just himself, like getting that free boost and then still be able to take like an offensive action is crazy. Yeah, and you don't even need engine upgrade because you're pretty much just blue banking the entire time, right? And you yeah. have more blues. Uh, it's it's really solid, and it, it's also the kind of thing where, like, I, you know, you you mentioned Lando and Han. Um, I, I guess just my main takeaway so far is that it there's a lot of points left over. Whenever you're list building and you don't feel frustrated, you might be onto something, right? This is one of those times, so definitely worth exploring. Yes. Um, Moving on to another kind of category of lists, uh, it, we, we actually saw a, a quad fives resistance list in uh, top eight cut here. So that still fits. If people aren't aware, you can sort of compromise on some of the upgrades to do different things. But Lulo, uh, Lo, Ninum, and uh, and Tally still has room for just enough toys to be a, a useful list. Less of a bid than before, thankfully. Um, but but that you know if 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 you're not sure what to bring and you're a resistance player that is a really good fallback no question. Yeah, I know a couple five A players that are uh, glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah, it, like you just need to be comfortable with the fact that your you know your four I five ships might not move last. Right. But I think you'll be okay. Um, and then you know you know the 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 undefeated list in Swiss here, shocker. It was the tie swarm that only went up one point and was already the second best list in hyperspace. So this is something that I can say definitively we're going to see more of. Um, you know, unless people start teching super hard against tie swarm, I would get used to seeing, you know, five and one, six and no tie swarms across hyperspace trials. It's there's it's the only thing I'm confident in saying is gonna happen. It's nasty. Diamond like. boron, missiles everywhere. <laughs> is right. that going to be enough? <laughs> I mean, they're limited, so I mean, you you can only bring one, but I mean, it's still... Yeah, maybe delayed fuses. At. Yeah, time to look at delayed fuses, right? And bombs? <laughs> yeah, they're one point. Why not? Yeah. Jonathan, um, you've, so uh, you, you've been flying the SWAT TIE Swarm a little bit. Can you like confirm that like this is just a powerhouse? Yeah, I think, I mean, the TIE Swarm has been 
I think it's been good since the start of second edition. It's just, I don't know, it's one of those, as much as people like to talk about how good it plays, it seems like there's a mental block for most X-Wing players to pick it up. I'm not sure exactly why. Uh, But yeah, I'd agree that it's very good. So on that topic, right, just to to make sure we kind of have the numbers right, um, if you look at, like, hyperspace, sense, what do you want to look at? Launch, wave one, it doesn't matter. Um, Basically, from wave one to now, the Inferno Squadron is the second best list right after Beef, and it has 173 squadrons that were run out of 94 tournaments. So just for context, like... The best Rebel B version had 133, but you have to add like a million different varieties of that. <laughs> so like Rebel B, it just I'm making these numbers kind of up on the spot, just kind of looking at it. But Rebel Beef might have had like 250 players since the beginning, or significantly more than that. It might be as much as 400. Um, Tie Swarm's about half, right? And they're equally effective. Is sort of the way I would think about it. I don't know if that means anything to you, but it's essentially like they're both basically the same list, right? They joust, they can K-turn, they still have mods, they don't die, right? And it's they're, they're doing very much the same thing, um, but like everyone, of course, will gravitate to beef instead of the tie because of the things John was talking about. It's like not intuitive. It's not the game they want to play. Yeah, and I, I mean, someone who's flown a good number of swarms, like it can be taxing, like just on the brain itself, like you have to be ready for it like going into any tournament you have to be ready to you fly that six rounds in swiss and then have to worry about a cut on top of it like you're probably unless you're like opponent is jousting you which i'm probably wrong in doing so you are probably flying that list of time too so it's a long day but i mean at the same time there's a reason that list is so good that if you can perform that list for that long like it's going to win games yeah Absolutely. And, you know, we don't have to get too far into right. the why is no one using TIE Swarm. Point is, they are, and it, it will be everywhere. Locally, for us, I don't expect more than a couple. Um, but, but you know, globally, this should be the number one list. Over under on. two. Over under two for us, locally? Ooh. Yeah. What do you think? That's, that's tough. Uh, I, I'm going to go under. I'm going to go over. I'm going to say two. You can't. <laughs> All, right. All right, let's move on. <laughs> you can't just move on. All right, fine. All right. <laughs> what are we going on to next? All right, like let's talk about like the, breakdown. Yeah, let's talk about like the meta forming up in the past couple weeks that we've had this these new points of what we're expecting. Okay, um, so we want to go faction by faction here. Like we did, we already did a kind of a points breakdown, but I guess we can make this more of like you know like actual tournament prep. Yeah, so I, I think. If you are going to a hyperspace trial in a week, I feel like you should have your list basically, at least one of two lists basically hammered down. Like You shouldn't be looking at lists at this last second and expecting to perform in a certain manner. So I think you really, really that problem should be like complete. You should know what you're flying, what kind of archetype, or almost the exact list completely down. Now, this is kind of like the prep that you do the final week leading into the tournament, where you kind of want to look at like what your opponent's going to be flying, have a game plan, try to really prep yourself for that those kind of lists, and make the most of it. Because, I mean, a lot of times you see players who lose matches because they might be very good with the list, but their opponent might have a list that they're not ready for, and, you know... Th- Maybe that's your fault. Like, that's something that you should have been ready for. 
yeah so so i guess we can just jump into the the things that we're predicting are going to be common or like the most likely archetypes right definitely um and you kind of you focus this down to like general archetypes not specific lists because it's sort of it isn't really even that helpful to try and predict specific lists it's too there's too much chaos right like besides tie swarm and a couple other things we don't really know um how it's going to evolve especially for local metas which are just like all full of weird player preferences um but it, for me you know just looking at the meta generally i i i kind of am expecting following right so empire has two or maybe three core options right there's there's trip aces with vader and Zuntir, and you might continue to run that with two bombers but you super don't have to and you can run that with an extraordinarily low bid um and either Tomax or Duchess, and that that thing is excellent, right? That's a really, really good archetype that was already placing before um, the point adjustments. Really didn't get changed that much. Uh, outside of that, you've got Tie Swarm, which we already covered, and this five bomber list, which has existed since the beginning of hyperspace time. It was like the first list that we all talked about, right, way back when. Yeah, I'm a little surprised that this the vibes uh, Tie Bombers stuff has not been more prevalent it never stopped it, it basically never stopped being good right? right like it it just stopped getting run it was it always performed really pretty well after that first points adjustment people kind of just like faded away from it but i mean it's still something to take a look at because people are going to jest it yeah I, the, the trouble is that it has like such like and it's why we joked about it way back when right is because it's, it's like people complaining about a barrage bomber swarm are like like just not admitting how much control they have over that matchup right because it, it has such a significant weakness of you just getting to range one right so if we do this by faction we can just start with empire but they, i thought it might be good to sort of talk through like general concepts of how to deal with what we're describing right so like if you hit barrage bombers make sure that you're not fully jousting it and make sure that you get some engagements at range one where they're not denying, you know, the they're basically not getting the full advantage of their barrage rockets and all the rerolls. That's a pretty straightforward thing. You got to kill Jonas. If they're in a box formation, they're making your whole job easier. If they spread out, it gets a little harder, but it's still a solvable problem. Um, How that, many? Like, you could fit five bombers, right? It's five bombers. It's four. Yeah, it's four scimitars and Jonas and is directly yeah, so two hundred. Yeah, which is pretty much the same as what we had been seeing before. Um, so, you know, like the counterplay there, you don't have to like tech your list against this list. And there's a lot like this. You just need to be conscious of like what it wants to do. What it wants to do is shoot the, the card that it brought five copies of. So try to prevent that and you'll do okay. Right. And then just make sure that you don't have, you know, your most valuable ship directly in front of all those things. Yeah. Uh, and, Going like just like archetype, like this is something that you like can practice with any ordnance list out there. Like it's something that you, if you see something that is ordnance heavy, like maybe range one is the best option for you because range three is not. When you at minimum, that, yep. at minimum denying the alpha strike, right? right. If, if it's an alpha strike list and you deny the alpha strike, then you they they've brought less points to that fight, and that that's going to help you out. Definitely. Um, 
so any any other comments on Empire List? Like Tie Swarm, I think we've covered to death. Like if you're going to fight that, similar concepts to not you know basically approaching from three angles. Make sure that you know you're you're putting pressure on them to 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 spend the Iden charge. Make sport. Make sure that you bring Howl down as fast as possible and just buckle up for 75 minutes because a Tie Swarm player is is not there to to end the game right away right they're probably conscious of the fact that you know doing a couple of straight maneuvers and delaying the engagement until they get the perfect joust is acceptable right so you got to make sure that you you don't joust it but you don't want to engage so late that you don't have time to catch up right um one of the one of the things i do want to touch base on is with the added with the decimator to hyperspace do you think like i'm sure we might see a decimator or two but i mean with rack not having to a crew do we think we're going to see any decimators pop up like I, i'm sure there'll be like one or two but do you we really think it's going to be a meta staple coming up I, I that one's hard for me to say because we haven't really experienced that yet right in 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 hyperspace i don't think you can i think it's impossible to add a ship like rack and not have an impact on a meta with a, a card pool that's limited like this right he's i5 he has a passive mod and he's only 76 points right which is crazy um but uh, you know you, you start to look at the lists that are available there um i wonder if the best version of that is ultimately a two ship list like we've been seeing in extended it doesn't have access to all the same toys that are available in Center like Moff Gerard, but you still can take, you know, enough things on that and put Vader next to it that you have a very dangerous list. Right. So if if Whisper Rack is good enough for Extended to make a cut, you know, Vader Rack should be good enough to deal with what we are going to be talking about in this hyperspace matter, right? Zach, if you are facing a decimator in this next on saturday are you more worried about wiccan rack or neither rack yeah <laughs> you're actually you're actually worried about rack yes. or are you not worried at all i'm right about rack yeah wiccan's not really a threat honestly it takes like a really good player and then also bumping to do a damage means you're not shooting at the thing generally sure well right. so well, that just seems like a mistake. I mean, well, the Wiccan can shoot at range zero, so... Oh, he can. You're referring to Wiccan's old ability and... Got position. it. Got it. Changed him. So I, I think look at Decimators. Either way, that should be borderline irrelevant unless unless some crazy mad science is working on, like in the Wiccan labs, right? <laughs> like, yeah. It's just not going to... Like, the, the ship here is Rack. It'll be Rack with Vader or Rack with two other high initiative things. So, I mean, just speaking, like, with our you local know. level, though, like, I mean, like, I know after our Decimator talk a couple uh, weeks ago, I saw, like, a jump in Oiken, but not Rack. So, if that had me a little confused. It'd be interesting to see what does pop up this Saturday, though. Yeah, I can see I, it well, popping up just because it's cheaper, yeah. but I'm not sure that it's better. Right. I, I'm definitely leaning towards Rack in both formats. Look at the cost. Like, it's crazy. You, you pay two points more to get Rack. Oiken is 74. Like, give me a break. You're going up two initiative. Yeah. For two and you points. get a killer pilot ability. Like, there's no... Yeah. I mean, just, whatever, right? One hell um, of a VI. Yeah, for sure. Um, unless those points are wrong in Yasby. They, that's so close, it feels like it's wrong. 
So, right. um, so, so before we move on off of Empire, though, so like Vader soon tier combinations, like like you want to talk about the thing that people will bring because they're not sure what to bring in a in a chaotic meta. It's probably double I six with the big bid. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. Definitely. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on counterplay against that? I can't really recommend anything other than you know threatening the flanking ace and really focusing down one of those I6s early. The worst thing that could happen is that you allow two I6s into the end game. Um, for me, uh, it's definitely kill that, because it's going to be double I6, and then whatever that support ship is, I need to like vaporize that support ship before I can even begin to let it even think. Really? So like, if you have a chance to completely remove Duchess or till max right like then i'm with you right so like early game you can remove it before it can do anything meaningful okay so before i should say that if there is ever an opportunity for me to have a even a chance to kill let's say vader or soon tier i'm taking that chance got it got it so, so you're you're positioning to threaten one of the two flanking aces right, right? and then totally you know conscious of like if that's if that target's available I'm going after that target no matter what. Right. I just, I just, you have to try not to take the bait of soon tier being like, look at me, I'm over here, you can shoot at me. Oh, no, you can't. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you have to do it in such a way that, like, you can threaten that ace, but you still have the option to shoot at something else in their list. Um, all of that sounds like really easier said than done, and that's kind of because it is, right? Like, if they're really paying attention to what they're doing, they're controlling most of the cards. Um, provided that they're moving last and that kind of stuff. Definitely. Um, All right, so let's move on to our next faction. Do you want to hit Republicans? Yeah. I do want to hit Republicans. Okay. Oh. <laughs> this, oh, God. this podcast right. just got some hate mail. <laughs> this is the Liberty Squadron Podcast. <laughs> uh, you can send all your feedback at Liberty Squadron Podcast at backtodials.com. Oh, rip. All right. <laughs> let's go into Republic. Um, Moving in, right? So, do we want to? We already covered a little bit of Republic beef. Do so we want to start there? Yeah. I like Republic beef. All right, Zach, take this one. Like, can, can, we, can you talk about Republic beef and how to fight it and, and the ways it works? I mean, I guess my first question is are we going to see much Republic beef? I don't uh, think so. Locally, maybe not, but I think you're going to see elements of every Republic list, or not every, but a lot, that mix yeah. in beef. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think for this weekend, you're probably not going to see a ton of it. You might see... I'm going to go over under on three, and I'm probably going to go under. I'm not going to sit on three like Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so so like, if we have two ties for him, you all owe me a beer, so just... Yeah. No, that's easy. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I, th uh, I guess I'm bringing Tie Swarm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, no, so, so but Zach, just like broadening it from the Philly meta, because we know Philly is just like it's it's so much kind of of, of known quantities, right? But like Rebel, like Resistance Beef, or sorry, they're all the Republic. same faction to me. Yeah, Republic. Republic, Republic Beef as a concept, right? Like you've messed with it. How do you fight it, right? Like if someone, if you're, if it's across the table from you. What do you do? Because it's a lot of arcs, right? And it's a lot of torrents that are kind of baiting you and all that. It's a lot of arcs, it's a lot of torrents, but it's really even more than Rebel Beef, in my opinion. It's very gimmicky. Like, it has its gimmick. You kill Sinker, or Padme's popped up in some beef since she's come out. Like, kill the gimmick ship, and the rest of it is going to have a hard, hard day. 
It's so, like the so hawk let me rule. let me you catch up here, right? Kill it. Oh, it's it's the hawk. Okay. So, but just yeah. just catching up though. So, like in a list that has all generics and one named pilot, you should kill the named pilot first. Is that what we're saying? If it's a support named pilot, sinker, right? Yeah. So sinker, Padme, Luminara. Okay. Start there. Obi Wan maybe not so much because his ability just isn't that useful in the beef list. Well, Battle meditation but, maybe, but meh. Yeah, we haven't seen variants like that yet. So let me throw one at you, right? So now we throw Ollie into a beef list instead of an arc, right? Is Ollie a trap? Yes, Ollie's a trap. Ollie's one hundred percent trap. So so if Ollie rolls up and has three evade dice at range three with a focus and an evade and you shoot at it and it takes no damage, you complain about your dice. You should feel about bad about yourself. Just <laughs> feel bad about yourself. All right. You made poor life choices. Cool. You need to scoop and go home. Oh. Very harsh, but likely warranted. <laughs> this makeup um, no, I think, has been provided by. I think in these lists, I think Rick really is a trap. Like I've messed around a lot with Rick ever since he came out at uh, Barnes and Noble weeks ago. <laughs> uh, support your local LGSs. Um, but he really has to make a tough choice between getting his ability off and getting shots off. If you want his ability to go off on a regular basis, you're only going to be shooting probably 50 to 66% of the time. You're recycling, right? Like, you have to disengage, yeah. re-engage. You, you want to disengage fast so you're not, you know, giving up free shots. And in, um, like, a beef list, like, part of a beef list is it needs to keep pouring shots in. Why is that? Because of the initiative? Because of the initiative and because, in general their offense isn't going to be as good. Like, Sinker throws that off by giving them their mod. Yeah. Now, same with, like, Howl, right? Like, if you take out that piece, then their offense drops through the floor. Right. Okay. I mean, so we don't have to, like, overanalyze, you know, the Republic beef too much, but I I think um, that what you're describing there makes perfect sense, right? So go after Sinker, and then let's just move this forward then to the other archetype that I think is going to be super popular, which takes Obi-Wan and ollie and two arcs and that becomes a list so in that case it it kind of becomes more complicated because now there are three pieces that can sort of just afford to trade and obi-wan sitting out there with regen and delta you know kind of dancing around so like what do you do in that case i think it's a similar thing to what we were just describing with the aces you want to threaten obi-wan enough that he can't flank but still have the opportunity to swing in at at the beef that is trying to joust you yeah i mean i think the secret there is that you know, we joke that 7B regen Jedi don't care about getting shot, but they super care about getting shot. More than two shields makes them feel bad, yeah. Yeah, like, you pump in, like, a couple good rounds of fire on them, and they're going to have to bug out for a while. Which so, in itself is a win, right? Like, if, if yeah. Obi's forced to bug out and burn both charges while you fight their three other ships, you're in a much better spot. Yeah. Use that time to kill both Torrents or kill torrent and rick or just kill rick to be honest and then you're in good shape all right so let's make this more and more complicated right so the next republic archetype we're just getting more and more words into our list right so let's let's make this now obi-wan and mace and two torrents with uh does that fit two copies of sense it does right so let's give it two copies of sense let's give regen to obi and let's give r4 p17 to mace so I've got a 200-point list with two Force users and two Torrents. Looks a little bit like Anakin and Mace and two Torrents, but now it has to spend a charge per turn to look at your dial. Two dials. 
Are you worried about that list? No, you're wasting money on cents. Oh, big words. <laughs> okay. Um, I think one <laughs> cent is super good. Two cents is just overkill. Okay. Honestly, I don't think there's been a game where I've really felt like two cents would have really changed it. I find that sense itself usually like comes super in handy about 1.5 times per a game. The rest of the time, it's not that handy. Okay. I mean, so this is something that we should probably cover now, right? Because, and, and th this is thanks in large part to Tyler Tippett, right? Because he's he's been kind of advertising the card. Um, but he wasn't the only one using it or aware of it. Like we, we like our local will had been running sense Vader forever. Right. He, he did a great job with that at our, our group championship. Right. Um, I think that was, it was sense Vader soon tier and Sai. Was that the list? I don't think he had sense then. Okay. Well, it came after the fact it might've come afterwards, but either way, like just to talk about this card, right. Cause I think it's a, it's something that's cropping up. Um, I, I ran, and I'm not going to be running it on Saturday because I4 is too low initiative for me. Um, but essentially, I was running Sense, Kylo, Quick Draw, and Scorch, right? And I I got to say that like part of the challenge of running Kylo is that occasionally he doesn't move last, and that's difficult, right? The moment I put Sense in the list, it was like all my Aces matchups just became like so much less concerning, right? And I it's I think part of it is that like it's sort of a subtle boost to your list in ways that aren't immediately obvious in list building. But like something as simple as I was not using my second action as often and wasn't stressing Kylo as much simply because I knew I didn't need to. Right. And that just like opened up like all these crazy turns. It was I wasn't even blocking, right? I was just being able to make a decision on my actions that made the next turn easier. Um, so I, I know that's like really oddly specific, but like, I feel like this sense card is so much more than like what we're giving it credit for, right? Like it's, it's giving your list a boost in a way that is hard to measure and hard to quantify. Yeah. I mean, that I totally agree with, but I still feel like one is the right call. Fair. So like maybe you're going to make room for regen on mace instead, right? So you yeah. have two copies of regen. Yeah. Mm. I know you, right? You don't like the regen game, but... <laughs> I don't like the regen game, but it, it would make sense there. Get two copies okay. of regen, one copy of sense, and I think you're probably in a slightly better spot. Did you yeah. say it would make sense? But oh, I... God. We... <laughs> we say that enough as is, don't we? <laughs> um, Waka so, Waka. Andrew, though, what's your what's your take on this whole sense thing? Like, I, I, I do feel like it's it, there's something to it. It's not wrong, right? Uh, like, right. the lists that we're seeing are very effective, and it's it's allowing aces lists to be a little bit more jousty, and okay. still manage aces matchups. So going I back to strong feelings in you. Oh, you do. Uh, all right. So going back to like first edition, I flew a lot of informant um, towards the end of it, uh, especially back like with like bump masters and stuff like that. Like I feel like sense is good enough that you can use it for like bumping purposes and i think it definitely has a role in like this meta like it's going to be very good especially if you can like those arcs can move like if you are mixing sense with like a low initiative yeah exactly like those things are basically bump masters um yeah it's definitely something to be worried about like remember like sometimes maybe 
if you were going up against something with sense that you need to really take a look of where your opponent's ships are and understand that they are the reason they're sensing you is maybe for that bump or maybe making those kill shots so you really have to dial in your maneuver to counter that and you got to understand too that like like there are situations where sense will allow you to arc dodge and still get a shot like it's not just setting up blocks by a wide margin right i've had games i used to run super kylo and snoke on tabson and I like I, I think I ran that at one little local tournament, and I I, I just I threw Snoke out because it was such a just a weird experience for for a game where it was just like oh, give me your give, give me all your you know, dials and it doesn't really matter and I'll get double coordinate or basically double supernatural and Kylo. Um, I don't you know that I don't think we're going to see crop up, um, but just be prepared for these variants, right? Because once you get in close, it's going to be free, but it's it works from zero to three, right? So it's a very important thing that you you manage that turn before sense is possible, as 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 clearly as you can, right? Because once sense becomes active, you lose some of your agency. There's no way to there's no other way to say it, right? Like your your opponent now is just slightly more information. Um, you might be moving after them, and you're still sort of subject to to their action and things like that um, in a wider bubble. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Um... Do we want to? Can I throw out just a couple of sense lists that people should be aware of? I guess sure. since we're here, so I'll rattle these off. So we already talked about sense Luke with R two D two, Arvel Wedge and uh, Jake, right? We've got basically sense Vader, Soontier, and three Tie Fighters, or two uh, Alpha Squadron Interceptors, right? But both of those lists are pretty damn good. Um, you've got a whole bunch of Republic options. We just covered the one with Obi and Mace having two copies. Uh, but you can also run just OB with sense, and then I think you can fit three arcs. Um, there's all kinds of just different variations like this. Sense can be used on Ray, which we haven't seen yet. Um, but that that kind of experimentation probably is is worth it. <laughs> um, although you know people don't know what to do with Ray to begin with, so maybe not. Um, and then there's a version of sense that doesn't require a force user, which is just the VI Marathi, um pod. That's in resistance. So, yeah, I mean, like, it, all of that stuff, it's just, like, this is, I don't think it's going to be the only defining feature of this, like, entire cycle, but get used to people asking to flip your dial. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I I wouldn't even be surprised if we, like, on the same boat, we start seeing a little bit more informants out there, like, because that's only five points now, like, it's something to consider, and, I mean, maybe we can segue this into scum a little bit are we done with yeah that? yeah we can i just i have one last comment yeah. to make um and this is really really important if you think that sense isn't worth it because you can guess your opponent's dials that's like that doesn't make any sense it makes no sense at all no right? like like you you can't <laughs> it makes no sense Thanks, oh i think i figured right. out the title for this episode um perfect but we can move on i just needed to get that out because it's just like that's not that's not a reason not to take the card right like it's there are a lot of other reasons not to take it, it might include bidding right and just other things that you want to do with your list but you know, your belief that you know everything is not a good one right so do we want to jump into scum or do we want to do something else uh, scum's gonna be yeah, pretty just... easy to t- talk about 
<laughs> Why don't you take Scum? Because I, 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 I think that's pretty straightforward. But so, go for it. All right. So what we've been seeing pop up is, you know, Fen Guri, Fen Boba, Guri Boba. Uh, and, like, that's only the, the really things that we've seen happening um, coming up. But, like, it, so, and I know a lot of people are probably, like, Scum didn't get any changes. You know, they, they, they're the same. But, like, I'm on the boat that because they didn't get any changes, it's something to look at. Because if everything else went up... It's really FFG might have seen like the bigger picture in this and said like Scum is fine where the where they are, especially with all these changes that you know they are going to be back in the race with things. And I know you're probably kicking and screaming right now, thinking like, no, that's completely wrong. But hear me out. So we Fed is and Guri, like I said, are popping up everywhere, and I really think that we're going to see a resurgence in Boba Fett, like coming up, and just the fire sprays in general. Like every single one of them went down. Good, Andrew. Just a quick thing. So on Boba, right? We just talked about how like High Swarm might become more relevant. Like, just just Boba alone is is helpful for that, right? Right. I mean, Boba's just gonna he's gonna ram into your High Swarm whether you like it or not. Hoping that he's slamming into at least two of them and getting all those rerolls that he needs, like it's it's something good. Um, like just Fen the fangs. And he has a bomb for you on the way out. Right, exactly. The fangs are really good at taking care of tie swarms, just because you know they're essentially negating that third dice when they um roll into range one. But um, like uh, something I've been testing around with is Boba with Informant and the Slave One. Like, holy crap, the Slave One title is what two points? Like, that's something to really take into consideration. Um, as far as meta wise, I don't think we're gonna see so much, a lot of things outside of like Fen or uh, Guri and something else. Like when we were seeing. Fangs with Z95s pop up, Guri with Z95s pop up. We're seeing Quad, Star Vipers pop up, Hi Tristan. Um, Can we talk about that one for a second? Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But okay. the one thing that I really think is like the underdog here and you really have to look out for is the resurgence of Boba. Like, I think he's just going to wreak havoc a little bit. And if you don't know, like, if you don't remember how to fight him from the first wave. Or like the first series, like he's he's gonna be there and he's gonna be back and like, yeah, he's gonna I, be. I, I, I like this is weird. We've been doing this long enough that we could probably give someone a cast to go listen to, right? Because we did talk a lot about how to fight Boba. Yep. Um, all of that's still relevant, right? Nothing's changed. The only thing that's changed slightly is he's like sli- the 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 coordinate shuttles are, you know, just a little bit more expensive, right? Um, you right. know, there's there's a lot of stuff around him that's gone up in cost, but the the core concepts of how to fight him haven't changed, right? I mean, you're you're you still got to be really careful about getting range one too soon. Exactly, and, and like that's the thing is like uh, the coordinate shuttles have gone up, but like I mean, I don't even think they're really necessary anymore. Like, I would be touching base a little bit on the uh, Falcon. Like, I I think that's really their key, and I think the um, I, I don't know the. Sp- place that the falcon is at the moment especially in hyperspace but i mean i would suggest that they would probably be real nice paired up with that thing um but yeah boba doesn't need that uh shuttle is what i'm getting at though like it's good enough on its own and it's gonna hurt and like just 
any of those fire sprays in general. Like I was messing messing around with Kashka Frost and like it's Boba and then Boba Light. Like it's both of them are very good and I, I would make sure that you know all the interactions with him but if you do see him across the other side of the table like it's basically like a swiss army knife for scum like they can bring torpedoes if they want they can not worry about getting blocked if he has to slave one title because they're just going to go in the other direction like and if they do get blocked he still gets the re-rolls yeah, like all you if he gets blocked it's completely fine it doesn't even matter so maybe he wants to get blocked the, um, the thing uh, we I guess it's if we're on this right, like he he doesn't really like to take four dice shots at range one, right? Right. Um, like he's and, not and, he shouldn't be rolling into like beef, like just straight up. But, no, um, no, and but that's the thing is he's also a very capable arc dodge uh, platform right. because of the hard one and the boost. Um, exactly. Just and that's it, I I still can't believe that slave one was changed to allow hard turns. Right. It used to just be the banks. It was like the three bank and the one bank and two bank. Right. Um, I forgot what it was, but the, the fact that they set that up for two hards and like all that—that's awesome. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, I think ugh, it, it, he's going to be disgusting out there. And if you are low on scum right now, that should be your first looking at it—is just the resurgence of the fire sprays. Um, you should talk about the star vipers for a moment because I think all the—I mean, Saguri went up like a point. But, I mean, if, have you looked at all the other Star Vipers, just even the generics themselves? I think you look at the generics after Guri, right? Yeah. Like, like, and, and so if you're looking at those, those were starting to crop up and already won a hyperspace trial right before the point adjustment. Now, of course, it won via a whole bunch of controversy, but, like, we know, we know why it's good. And it's, it's, it's doing the same type of thing that Quad Phantoms are from a mobility point of view. Right, it's lateral movement, which is really effective. It's essentially a boost and a barrel roll for one action. Um, kind of gets to dictate the terms of some engagements, which is nice. Uh, but it's nothing like Quad Phantoms in terms of action economy when it comes to tokens. So, like, you know, while it's got that mobility advantage, it's not really, you know, it, it's vulnerable to those ships dying reasonably quickly. Right, like they can roll their way out of it with three agility. We know this. That can be very frustrating. Like so, like if if a T sixty five X wing can hero mode its green dice, putting down two evades and basically like skipping a turn or two, these things can do that. Um, you kind of have to watch out for that. But I, I think its defining feature has to be that bendy roll and the fact that it's not fortressing so much as it's just you know letting you know when it's the appropriate time for, to fight. Right, and and like the other thing about the the Star Vipers is like. That bendy barrel like lets them put them in any position. Like so, I mean, like the anything with bullseye arc, like they have a better chance of getting in as opposed to something because you're you're actually changing the degree of that bullseye arc. So I mean, like there's a lot of options to put on these things that otherwise, yep. like other ships might have a little bit harder time to do. And um, and I think people are lose sight of the fact that it has a boost, right? Like right. that is such a big deal. The fact that it can do basically you know a three bank and boost and all of these things it's like it doesn't have to barrel roll right just because it can it doesn't have to and it's funny because like they, they might they'll play in the asteroid field and have no problem navigating through it because they're just going to do whatever barrel roll they want and they're not going to be in front of any asteroid they need to be so um if you are going up against the star vipers though the one thing i would definitely try to emphasize though is like 
so these i3 star vipers are the ones that have the ept slot um if you are a lower initiative than them it's going to be hard to set up any kind of like boxes or anything like that but if you are higher i would definitely try to like capitalize on that because they are very good at arc dodging like that's why guri is crazy good at i5 she wants the bid and everything like that but i mean if you go up against these generic ones really try to make it difficult then for them to set up different blocks and stuff like that maybe it runs at 196 right was that it runs at 196 right yeah okay and and so like here's the cool thing right like we're used to quad phantoms running in a block four and all but dialing in, in the same thing, splitting into two when they have to. Um, these don't need to do that, right? Like, there's, it, it, we've like, I guess it's you can run this as something more than what it's, we've seen it do on stream, right? You don't have to be in a block four doing all the same move, is that right? No, what's your take not. on that? Um, so that all right. So I guess my take on that is that like these things are very good at setting up kill boxes, and that's probably a little bit more of their strength is that they can do that so like even if you are at a higher initiative you have to really kind of be weary of that aspect of them that you know the one's probably going to be sitting out there trying to block and it's going to have a really good job of doing it because it can get into any position that it needs to um but at the same time you're going to have to really make sacrifices almost to try to like take some of these down yeah, I think more than anything, like this is one of those ships that the better you know the dial, the better prepared you are for the matchup. Yes. So a, a big part of it is they have a hard one. They have all the one maneuvers, right? They can do a one forward, hard one turns. but And then the restrictive thing is they don't have a three turn and they only have three sloops. Right, and their only greens are the backs. So, I mean, but that doesn't matter too much when you're doing these crazy barrel rolls. Um, no, and the, the one hard turn gets used a lot, right? right. So does the one forward, just because of the flexibility with the barrel roll. Right, and because they are they can link to like boost or barrel roll into focus, they're probably going to be stressed a lot. So you, you kind of have to remember um, that aspect of them, that if they are stressing themselves, understand where they are going to be going. Like This is one of the ships that like you have to kind of know the dial, and you have to really kind of know where they can and can't end up. Can we can we remark on the linked action a little bit more? Because so it has a boost barrel roll into focus, right? The other ship that can do that is the tap. I think is that right? It basically can reposition into focus actions. Um, I gotta say, like when, when any linked action that allows that feels so much better than like a link into a target lock <laughs> sure. and stuff like that. It's just that's so flexible. Um, it's so nice. It's basically like it's got fifty percent of a PDL. Yeah, no, definitely, and like I said, I mean, like if we're just trying to like focus on like counterplay towards things, that is like the, the big thing. Like, because all right, so the Fang Fighters can reposition and link into a focus, um, but they're also they have a two turn that's green, where these things don't. So okay. they're basically going to be stressed every round if they want to keep like clearing and then re. Doing the same thing that they could possibly do with turning, they're going to have to be banking and then barrel rolling or focus. Or I'm sorry, boosting into that focus. Yeah, I think I, we could probably we probably should have Tristan on at some point after hmm. he wins top deck. But but I, what, my last comment on this is it's a super cool list. Like I I just Star Vipers are cool. Like no, I, 
is it possible to hate on them? <laughs> Guri is a question. Advanced Sensors Guri is kind of dumb, but like these generic Star Vipers are just dope. You take that back. <laughs> I'm sorry. Zach, I'm sorry, you... but it, it's just a supernatural ship. Come on, man. Zach, <sighs> real quick, what, what do you what do you think about these things? Because I know you have some words in our uh, chat. Uh, one Guri should be as fat as possible. <laughs> Well, what about what about specifically let's say like uh the generics but for yeah. generics i mean it's super solid the only thing you really have to worry i actually just to go back to an earlier point i think their biggest strength is that you actually don't want to fly them in a box flying them in a box is a bad idea yeah one of them is going to get killed and then you're in really bad shape really fast i think the fact that they can like this is where they're very similar to phantoms in a way and really good phantom players is that you can spread them out and then reconverge them at like a moment's notice. Like all of a sudden, like they'll be facing like four different directions and then next turn they have a kill box and they're all facing the right way. Yeah. So like the, I do this with basically all my ships, but like the hard one turn barrel roll allows you just to like set up boxes really easily. These things just do that. Like whatever hard one turn barrel roll until the other ships can catch up right (laughs) like it it just allows you to stall the ship that like is safe while the other ones that need to catch up to build the box can yeah definitely but even like away from that like i think one of the things you can do really well with it is just super catch people off guard of like they'll bite inevitably a player is going to bite hard on one of them thinking at some point in the game like all right this one's out of position i can get to it i can kill it he won't have any good shots back. If you're a good Star Viper player, that's never actually the case. They can all get back into position super fast. Or the one that you shot at can go somewhere that's relatively safe. Yeah. Right? Most likely. Definitely. Um, provided it didn't overstress itself. Yes. That's cool. Um, and then I you know you just I, I do feel like in part though, if anyone's taking this list, they they kinda gotta lean into those three green dice, right? Because this thing has to live and die by that, I would imagine. Like if you don't, if your green dice don't support you, just like a fang fighter, these things are pretty sad at range two. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of clench in your butt. A lot of clench in your butt. <laughs> My uh, dice. Yeah, exactly. Right, hey, anything else with scum we want to hit? Because I yeah, think we got fangs, Boba, the rest. You want to move on? Let's move. Let's move on to our rebels. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I feel like... Beef. Uh, so we talked about Lando, right? And, like, that's, like, the interesting thing, Rebels, that I feel like we could talk about. We already did. Falcons um, are still good. Beef is still good. Okay, yeah. next Here, Here's what I want to hear. Jonathan, I know you are on the fence between um, bringing the TIE Swarm or Four Fangs to Top Deck on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Now, what beef are you actually going to bring? <laughs> <laughs> So I was thinking about bringing uh, Braylon and Cassian because at 102 points, they're still really good. And then bringing a separate U-Wing with Leia, uh, like a generic. And that would that's 49 points. And then that leaves me with another 49 points for a fourth ship, which could be Biggs, could Ten be Vietnam, you know, could be a Blade Squadron with Selfless. So there are a couple options there. So Oh, I, man. So the idea there being putting Cassian and Leia on two separate ships. And like a U-Wing is about the same cost as a B-Wing. And then, so I think that would be, yeah. So I was thinking about that. And then I thought about putting Jake in. Um, 
so I haven't put a, a rebel list on the board since the red caps, since the red caps hyperspace trial. So I've only played uh, Fangs and the Tie Swarm since then. Can you uh, please bring Tie Swarm because we have a bet with Andrew and we all want beer. <laughs> I never said I was buying you guys beer. Uh, you're buying everyone beer. Uh, all right, yeah. whatever. Sorry, keep going, Jonathan. Jonathan's just throwing off the set. He's going back to rebels. We you know he's it. bringing rebels regardless. It, it's yeah. it like call it does call to me. It always does, you know. But uh, so I, I admit I am tempted to bring rebels back. There's something about it that just feels very comfortable to me. Sure. But um, I think like if you could split because people I know like if Cassie if Cassian is carrying Leia, I mean that's a fifty that's fifty seven points right there. It's an obvious first target. But if you split them, and then if you add into two seven, then it gives your opponent some harder choices, especially if you add bigs there too. So it makes uh, it messes up your enemy's firing priority a little bit. You have to kill bigs first in a, in a list that has bigs, yeah. right? Like it's that's a, is that still the case in two point I think it is, right? Yeah, I th- absolutely. Okay. Then he's just, actually yeah, he's better. I, I've said it before, but I do, he's better in second edition than he was in first edition. Right. So, but if you see a bigs variant of beef, kill bigs, then kill Cassian. Exactly. If Cassian's there. Like, that's kind of the order. I I was looking at it, and it's like they did they did enough. That, like it doesn't have that high initiative double tap, which is so much the problem. Um, so it, it just it feels so much less uh, like challenging to play against, right? If you're not also dealing with the problem of like just losing a ship per turn to initiative kills, right? Um, so it feels like that's a big loss for like the wedge swarm tactics combo is harder to fit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but you can still make compromises in places to allow it, but then you're probably compromising mods in some way. Yeah, and in previous versions I ran, I'd have room to put in multiple copies of Selfless and things like that. And there really isn't quite that, there isn't really that room there. If you want to, you can't bring all the toys. So you have to pick what your favorite three tools in the toolbox are, or your favorite toys, and you, but you can't bring them all. Yeah. Um, so, but you can still fit like Cassian, uh, Wedge, Jake, Braylon with Leia. That still works, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's like, it's pretty good. Uh, that you know should feel comfortable with that in general. But I'm sure there's some other like better optimized version of beef that's still out there. Um, you could bring. I, you know, uh, I think you can bring Cassian, Braylon, Luke, and Jake. I think that just fits. That does that I fit? Think it just Wait, hold fits. on. Well, so it fits with Wedge. I can't imagine it fits with Luke. Have to look. We'll get back to that. Um, so what about uh, generic B-Wings? They didn't go up in cost at all, right? So like like mixing in Blade Squads, that can't be wrong. So the Blade Squadron is a really good place to put in a selfless carrier if that's if you're interested in like damage mitigation, damage spreading. So I think it's the best rebel carrier for, uh, for selfless. Makes sense. So if you combine um, it with bigs, but then you're sort of sacrificing offensive mods. So, but like bigs and a blade squadron with selfless does a really good job diffusing damage, and you could fit that with that would fit with uh, Cassian and Braylon, but you wouldn't you wouldn't have enough points for Leia. You'll take this Cassian Ewing from our cold dead hands. <laughs> like it's not well, happening. Well, Cassian makes Braylon so much better. Yeah. So it's uh. So, and then you could go back to like at the start of season one hyperspace trial, you were seeing five ship rebel lists. So you could fit in, um, I guess, like four B wings and Jake or four X wings and Jake would probably fit, right? And then, uh, 
you know, so that would be a, an option there. And just, yeah, so uh, Luke, in, Luke is 50, 62 points. Jake is 36 points. They're 98 points together. And then 51 for Braylon, 51 for for Cassian. So that's 200 points. So you can list. just drop, I mean, like, that sounds excellent, right? Because you can just drop Leia from it. You've got things that have mods regardless anyways, so it's okay. Like, are you really concerned about, you know, talent rolling with, with Braylon? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's interesting. And then that gives you, like, Luke and Jake can both operate independently and be, like, uh, more endgame type ships. Yeah. That so gives you I, more tools. Can we talk about Luke a little bit? So, like, Luke is one of my favorite ships in the game, right? Like, when I run Rebels, I like to run Luke. We just talked about Boba and maybe a Boba resurgence. With Wedge going up in cost to 55, like, I, I never really understood why most players like didn't want to touch Luke in this last cycle. But should we be seeing more of Luke? And if so, in what list? We already talked about the Lando one. We talked about the Beef one here. Is there anything else? Like, like have you guys looked at this? Not necessarily. I think Luke just in general is something to really kind of like look at himself. Like you could probably build entire lists just around Luke and you'd be fine. Yeah. I mean, like, because R2-D2 is cheap, right? Yeah, R2 is five points. Well, five points on Luke. Yeah, I mean that just fits yeah. in like a lot of lists. I think like when you're looking at Luke at his price point, you're moving from four ship more like down to three ship lists. And I guess that last our last meta was dominated by more you had more like four ship lists. Yeah. And I guess um with proton torpedoes going up and other thing, it's sort of shift it's shifted rebels away from like the three ship lists. But Which I, has happened generally, right? Yeah. Like the average is trended towards four, it feels like, over time. But I think, I um, mean, like Jake is super affordable as sort of like a pocket sort of ace type ship. So you could do Jake and Luke and then an, and then like a upgraded Luke and then an upgraded friend. Right. I don't know who it would be. And Aura still exists and is only 46 points with like an iron turret. Mm -hmm. So... There's like it's possible to do four ship Luke builds for sure. Um, like you can still do Luke and three U wings, which I've always wanted to actually run. <laughs> but like, but like that's that's sort of a meme just because I like the way U wing looks. Um, but but uh, you know, there's just there's so much list building to be done with that. And Luke is kind of weird because it's like I, I I always like to talk about counter counterplay, right? And like how to fight ships with Luke. It's like they brought sixty two points. They're probably taking sixty two points with them, right? Like it's it, you, you fight him like any other I five, and he's not perfectly mobile, but he's just this ship that constantly seems like he's able to trade, right? And it's it's because of that kind of permanent focus token that he's rocking. Wait, is the question that you can trade Luke or that? I'm sorry. No, sorry, no, no. Me... So, yeah, sorry, that might not have been super clear. But my the way I look at Luke is that you bring sixty two points of Luke Skywalker in a list, right? You pretty much always like get value out of that. Sure. It's very rare that you'll you'll lose him just before he gets to shoot meaningfully. Like you really would have had to put him in a bad spot for that to take place. Okay. Um. And, or or like really like just blank out multiple times on your evade dice. The bottom line is like because of the way that his his, his pilot ability works, he just target locks and he just he get he does damage before he dies yeah. at I five. Um, there are very few ships in the game that I feel like are in that category, right? Like Vader sort of inhabits that space where he just destroys something before he leaves, right? Um, Luke feels sort of similar. He's not at I-6, but 
he's kind of doing something like that. Yeah, I would be surprised. Like, oh, could, you could probably just throw plasma torps on Luke, and eh, I guess you don't really need to do that if he's already three days attack. But proton yeah, torps, I still I, think is probably pretty solid on him. Yeah, I mean that's I mean, still the, getting you pretty expensive, I guess. Once you put torps on him, yeah, he's he's up to seventy five sure. points. But um, I I don't know. They they did try to do do a good job of making it difficult to run a, a two ship like a, a two proton torp alpha strike, though, right? Because you can no longer... I don't think you can fit Leia, U-Wing, Wedge, Luke with, with Torps anymore, right? That's that's not an option, I think. Right. Let's take a quick look here. So you can. You can still run a... You can run a Blue Squadron with Leia, Wedge, and Luke with Proton Torps, but you can't fit the two copies of Afterburners that you could before. So that's actually kind of significant because like the trick to that list was that you could guarantee the lock, right, with the boosts. Um... So they've done a good job of kind of pricing Proton Torps out, which is nice. Definitely. All right, let's move on. Um, Chris, let's move on to FOs, and what list are you bringing, and how do we counter you? Because you'll probably be <laughs> the only one. One list, uh, one FO list, over, under. Uh, yeah, at least one. It'll be yeah. me. All right. <laughs> well, it's like I said, right? If we only get, like, 40 or so people, I'm running Five Striker Wampa. If there's more than that, I'll bring I'll bring some FO thing. Um yeah, I so so FO is in a really interesting place. We talked about it a lot before, so I'm not going to go into too much detail. But like Kylo and Tavson is still extraordinarily good. The problem is it doesn't have fantastic matchups against Aces, right? And that has never been it's it's never had great matchup matchups against Aces, um, just because Tavson's still vulnerable to that. But I, I guess the the thing you have to understand is like it's it's. It's more complicated than just not shooting Tavson, right? Like if you don't shoot Tavson, you've done like step one of the journey towards dealing with Tavson. Step two is not getting kind of just shot by Tavson over multiple turns. So I'm not going to go into too much detail, but like that's if you're seeing an FO list, it's probably going to have Tavson in it, right? And if you can't figure out a way to number one not have to shoot him and number two not take consecutive rounds of shots from him. You're going to be in a little bit of trouble, so that's that's the big picture. Like, there's there's four ship versions of Tavson list. One just made top eight in Florida, right? With quick draw and scorch and and Rivas. What that's doing is it's basically giving you an impossible choice. Like, do do you want to get flanked by Tavson or jousted by Tavson, or do you want to get flanked by quick draw and two other angry things? Um, you kind of have to like it's it's a tough choice to make, but with aces, it's a solvable problem, right? Like you can you can absolutely make that an awkward enough game that you can get out alive, um, and it's you just need to get through those first couple of rounds when it's a threat, and then the the board will open up to you and it'll start feeling like you're playing against one or two ships at a time, um, and that at that point the whole thing just falls apart. So, yeah, I mean I I don't know if you guys have other thoughts on it, but like the big picture is it's it, it's more complex than don't shoot Tabson because sometimes you have no choice. That's it for FO for me. All right. Um. <laughs> I, I I can't I can't think of anything else people are actually going to see. Right? Like there's Kylo Quick Draw and Midnight, which you won't see yet, in, in, unless you know ship counts drop down. There's generic SF spam, which no one locally is going to run. It's actually pretty good, but like I don't think there's any sense in even thinking about it or trying to tech against it. Um. So you know you're 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 kind of like. 
I, I don't think it's going to be super popular. People are down on it. They shouldn't be. It's really good, but right. The one, the only thing I have to add to FOs is if you see backdraft across the board, kill them first. Like that's <laughs> well, the, you can. So you might as well. You should. Um, I think. Yeah. No, you kill kill quick draw or not quick draw. Uh, backdraft first. He's fine. Um. All right. Any other final thoughts get on FOs? Uh, no, yeah, just, I, know this I mean, is we your... talked about it so much last time, so I, I don't have much more to say. Um, Do we want to talk about Vulture Droids next, then? Uh, the Vulture Swarm, because I feel like that's going to show up a little bit. I uh, It definitely will. There'll be at least one guy talking a beer per round, right? Well, I mean, I don't think Ted's coming, but I mean, it still probably might show uh, up. Yeah, but I, I still think there's going to be a good amount of, of Vulture Swarms showing up, especially because like they kind of got a point decrease. Um I don't know if we're going to see the shell charges, the what are they, the ESCs, is that what they're called? Um, or maybe just like the new tactical relay that's out with uh, Belbelub. I mean, these things are pretty cool. Well, all right. So, sorry, I'm just getting a cup sure. of water. So, 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 the defining feature of Separatists for this wave is the hyena. No question, right? right? Like, the hyena is 5 HP on 2 agility. It's awesome. Right, like I think I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to start saying that. Like the hyena is a big deal. It's really good for the faction. It's significantly better than a vulture. Um, it's only 31 points to run it with an energy shell charge, right? And you, it still fits in like a ton of lists. So I think, I think we're going to probably continue to see like ocho swarms and vulture swarms. But I would be shocked if that doesn't evolve over time just into fewer vultures and more hyenas, right? And it, like that's. It's very much the same as a barrage bomber. Like range one, it's more vulnerable, right? Um, you know, but it's 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 the calc token sharing is sort of still a defining feature there. You don't want to be shooting it at range three, essentially. Um, but there's so much to it. Like I, I just I, I think this hyena is a big deal. Yeah, I definitely think so too. And like I, I think the just the vulture swarms were like pretty decent on their own before, and now they're like even better. Um, with well, all... are, is that because they're picking up hyenas or something else? A little bit of both. I think um, you are throwing hyenas into the mix, and they're they're doing things like throwing probe droids out there, um, which you kind of needed the Sith infiltrator to do before. Now the hyena can do it. Um, so you got that going for it. Um, like I said, I think the Belbelub is a little bit something to take a look at because you know that's now a very viable tactical relay. Um, carrier and at the same time if it's kind of kitted out it's really hard to kill like you're not just killing that thing in one shot I mean it feels bad when you get a crit on it and then it just throws it out with the impervium plating Yeah. so it's something to look at and like I'm not exactly sure on how I would approach this like maybe you just keep trying to initiative kill as many of these vulture droids as possible but I mean if they're all like with the network calculation up like it's going to be hard to do that because they're just going to try to keep each other alive. Yeah, so I've played a lot of games against this, actually, because people like really like experimenting with it. And it always feels worse than like the first two rounds than it ever ends up being. Right. Right? Like, like I, it's always that, like, like you kind of like have a bad feeling in your stomach leading up to the first engagement because it's like you know there's a spot on the board where you'll probably lose a ship. <laughs> but then, like, you just sort of figure out a way to attack part of their list. And then the vultures start dying, and it just sort of like, it just steamrolls into this terrible situation for them. Um, so like that's that's a thing, right? Which is like that's why I'm so high on the hyenas because 
it kind of removes that element of it a little bit. It makes it that much more difficult, where the vultures really could only do that if they were negotiating a range three engage, right? Like, you know, got lucky with blocks and a couple other things. Um, if we start seeing a separatist list that solves the initiative kill problem in some meaningful way, I'll start to pay attention. Sure. I, I don't know that that's been found yet. The Ocho isn't that. Because the Ocho still gets out-jousted by, like, way too many things. Um, even if it has grappling shots and is, like, parking behind a rock and denying one side of the dice, which is a thing. Be ready for it. Um, it just doesn't solve that problem, right? Like, it, it they, they die. <laughs> uh, so, I, you know, like, the TA-175 card, that tack relay, which is when they die, you know, like, everything gets, like, two calculate tokens. Um, that's pretty good. That's helpful. Because that, that helps deny the second initiative kill, potentially. Um, but it's, it's just, it still feels bad, man. Like, so I, I, and I hate to say that cause the Ocho is just so funny. Right. But I, I've never played a game against it where it, it, it wasn't actually intimidating. Maybe it's cause I haven't played against Ted yet. All right. So do you think we're going to, if you see separatists across the table, do you think we're going to see anything that isn't a swarm? Uh, yeah. So like you can still run, uh, you can still run like a infiltrator, like hate isn't bad. Like hate mall and you know, like a B twenty two or some things. I think that's actually semi decent. At least at least good enough to win a couple games. But like I or, I don't know. I think they probably scared people off the double infiltrator list, if that's what you're asking. Right? I, I, I a mix of infiltrator and other things, sure. Right. Double infiltrator, I'd be surprised. Yeah, no, I feel like the Separatist is one of those lists that are until probably the Nantex comes out, that you're just gonna see like at least maybe solid five count ships. Um, Which is what it should be, yeah? Right. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I mean, I was just curious if maybe like that two-ship infiltrator list is back or something like that, um, if anything's been popping up. I, I haven't seen anything. All I would say is that, like, hate infiltrators aren't suddenly bad, right? Like, what made those good was the the fact that they just like, kind of have like Luke's pilot ability, right? Right. And, like, they don't have it, like, at no cost. They have to take damage and all these things. But, man, they're they're not bad. <laughs> and uh, I, I think it's just, I in list building, I've had a hard time finding what fits with Hate Maul or fits with Hate Buku. Um, but, like, there's got to be something, right? It's, it's um, these, and I think it all goes back to the hyena in the interim. If something works there, it probably involves a hyena as well. Uh, a couple of those, potentially. So... Um. Any final thoughts on Zach or yeah, Jonathan? Just... Have you guys uh, played any of the Separatists? <laughs> nope. Not uh, not since uh, their release. Then. Oof. All right, Chris, so, what are your final thoughts? Just like? a random final thought here because I, I started getting <clears throat> into it. But the, the grappling struts, just, just so people are aware of this, right? Um, like, when a bunch of vultures park on rocks, they set up kind of like a kill box based on those rocks it's cool right like oh no they're they're there and how am i gonna fight that um you just go to like one corner of wherever they parked right and they might try to collapse in but they have to do that with like a specific set of moves to get off the rock so even if they're throwing bombs at you and all these things um you know it's it's just almost like a stationary uh joust which is which is sort of weird to describe, but like there's significant disadvantages to parking your ship and making it stationary. That's not just an advantage. That doesn't guarantee a joust. Right. If anything, that just tells your opponent, like 
this is where my ships are. This is where they could possibly be. What do you want to do with that information? Um, so I, there was been like all this narrative about like, oh no, vultures are swarming and they're fortressing. Like, this is bad, whatever. Um, I, I don't think we're there yet. Like maybe, maybe if they went crazy on cause so cheap that like it actually could win jousts, then like, yeah, whatever. But at the moment it's setting up and throwing some bombs. You can just deal with that. Like go, go sacrifice a couple of shields for that and figure it out. Sure. Um, you'll probably be fine. All right, let's move on to our last faction, which probably might shake up the most things in the meta at the moment. But um, let's hit resistance. Like, I- I'm excited to see what does actually come out of this because it really got like the biggest update with this last wave that came out. And uh, I mean, they really got they got points adjustments. They got new cards to play with. So it- it's going to be interesting to really see what pops up out of this. I mean. We could try to take a stab of what we think the meta is going to like shake up to be, but it, you know, in the end, there's going to be these lists that just are going to be real meta-defining in the end. This is the biggest unknown, right? Because there's like we talked about it in the last episode: twenty-four upgrades in hyperspace. We don't know how all those cards are going to combine together to create some like super monster that could fight Godzilla. Like this is just. Like, this is the, I, for me, I really don't know the impact that the shuttle and the pod are going to have, other than the, like, first pass. Hey, Finn might be pretty good, right? Finn has some kind of cool things that he's doing, and he's really cheap. You know, like, the VI pod is also pretty good. Um, and then, like, Noyan and, and Covenel both seem extremely useful on the shuttle. So, like, we, we there was a really small hyperspace trial where I think a Covenel Poe and uh, Tally list one. So this was the Leia Cova that we talked about a, a little while back when I was experimenting. Um, there's pieces, you know, b- between the shuttle and the pod that seem like they are relevant. The thing I can't make sense of is how the crews affect all the other ships. Right. Um, you know, outside, like you're starting to see little things like, you know, Ray can kind of take too stress and all these things and. Um, you know, but like Holdo is is not something that there, there hasn't been like a list that cropped up where it's like, hey guys, I found the Holdo list, but that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> uh, so where does that leave us? It leaves us with quad fives. It leaves us with quad T seventies, which have like two variations, Pava Bastion and two, um, or you can just do like four generics. There's still five A wing lists at work. You can drop one A wing for a pod. Um, you know, like there's there's a couple of things like this that that are still useful but we kind of already knew about them um which is maybe not too surprising for like the early early list development it doesn't involve too many of the combo cards this is one of the things that like i'm gonna line up across someone that has this and they're gonna like tell me some crap and i'm like you need to show me all these cards like i'm gonna have to like read (laughs) everything because it's yeah, gonna be a you're mess. gonna hit that player who has two shuttles, two pods, and like a, a thing with like a generic YT thirteen hundred with like a bunch of crew on it. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be like it's Cooper. If you're ever listening to this, like I mean, like this is like his stuff. Like it's gonna make like ten different combos that are gonna make no sense, and you're just gonna be like, okay. They they hand you their list, and it's like a three page printout. Right. <laughs> it's like, damn it. Give me the flow chart on this. How does this work? Explain this to me. Yeah, well, I mean, so, so, but this is the thing, right? Which is like, I, I, you know, Ray and Han are are good ships potentially, um, but like, I the, every time I start building a list, I keep ending up with like only one upgrade on Ray, 
because I want some other things next to it. Sure. Um, and I, that's just me, but I, it might be a lack of, you know, being able to read baked in there somewhere. Um, so, you know, as far as like things for people to prep for, I think you still kind of prep for the same old deal. Um, you need to be aware that if Ray shows up, you probably shouldn't be in Ray's arc too much. Um, but like, know that it will have to stress at some point and become kind of vulnerable. Um, the rest of them we've talked about at length, right? Like the quad I fives, the five A wing, that's still possible. The only new thing to be aware of is that like Finn won't die as fast as you think he will. Um, and those shuttles are going to do a reverse maneuver and then they'll do it again. Sure. Like, and that, that's a, that's a serious problem. If you, you know, like, just don't fall for that trap. If you see Covenel with Leia, um, yeah, like once it hits the reverse, don't don't just kind of invite yourself into that problem. Just cut you backwards. That's what it does, right? And it's it's um, it doesn't have to be mixed with Poe and another T seventy to be useful. Like there's there's ways to run three ships next to that, and that's that can build some scary boxes. Um, so I you know I think the most immediate one that everyone's talking about is the quad T seventy, which I don't. I like that just seems kind of wholesome to me like it's it's maybe a pain to have to shoot through that much hp but i can't look at quad t70 and be like that's more beef and it's bad like, yeah no who cares right it's it's three it's four low initiative things if it's in a box formation the game is in your control um do you guys have any take on that like quad 70 is getting talked about a lot right it, it two of them made top eight in florida like is that better than I'm giving it credit for? Uh, should we should we be intimidated by that? Um, I'm not scared of it. I mean, <laughs> like, like Pava gets rerolls for everything that's in range one, right? And Bashan gets action economy for things that take damage, so that's good. Um, but is that enough tricks to like make up for the fact that it's it? it you know, it's still pretty low initiative. Um, Jonathan, there. You know, what do mm -hmm. you think about this? I mean, you're the beef master right here. <laughs> well, it has uh, so that extra health on the T70 versus the T65 makes a big difference. Like going from six to seven, like uh, you're always. I'm always surprised when that T. I shouldn't be, but I'm always surprised when that T70 is still alive, or a T65 would be dead. And they can boost and barrel roll and. I think having that, the fact that they have to boost when their S-foils are open, like they can keep their S-foils open and that boost lets them get into positions better if they want to split them up. So I think it's uh, it's reasonable. I mean, it's not broken, but so I think because it's not broken, we're not afraid of it, but it seems <laughs> a solid, good, totally reasonable list. Yeah, there you go. I mean, thanks for finding those words, right? Like yeah. that's kind of what I was trying to say. It, nothing about it seems like like outlier to me, which is why it just seems like a game of X wing. It literally is four X wings, right? Um, and it's not; it doesn't even have like FFA, FAA on there and all that stuff that we saw at the end of. Oh World man, World. I forgot about that. The flight assist, yeah, and like, yeah, and like I think like being able like flying Fang fighters has made me really appreciate how great boosting is, <laughs> and it can like being the T seventy being able to boost, they can get into places much more easily i mean they're much better blockers yeah right? boosting with their s-foils open because it always hurts to close the s-foils on a t65 i find and then drop your attack dice yeah yeah and whereas like the barrel roll is much more useful when you have 
I mean, barrel roll is great, but like in a formation, when you're flying in a block, the barrel roll is really good. But when you're split up individual ships, I find like the boosting is more useful. That all makes sense. And that, that that's kind of part of the joy of running any list is to like do the movement actions, right? It's boost is one of the more fun ones. So, <laughs> um, well, anything else on resistance that we want to hit? Because I, I think it's like th this A wing variant that has a pod in it. It actually does kind of pique my interest a little bit because it can it can do some of those sensed informant things, and it's with rear arcs and boosting. That all seems pretty good. I don't expect to see it on Saturday, but like. Is that is that a viable replacement for five A wings, or is it too big of a deal to lose one of those three agility ships? No, I think it's going to be fine. I, I think that is definitely something that's going to pop up and perform well. Like I, I don't think missing that fifth A wing is going to be too much of an issue. I guess we'll see what Paul brings. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, he's already got his invite, so he'll just bring strikers, right? Five strikers, all with Prox mine. Oh no, Wampa. and Wampa. <laughs> Um, we'll see. No, but it, it, so, but like, like five eight wings though doesn't feel like it's gone, right? No, it, absolutely it's, not. It's lost some action efficiency, like we expected, but it's here to stay. Uh, all right, so why don't we start to wrap this up? Um, before we close out, though, like I, I just want to refresh some people. Why don't we like go around the horn and just like kind of like your hyperspace trial, your regional, your tournament prep, uh, or advice, little bit of tips. Um, I'll take it first, so you guys can think of some stuff. Um, but like one of the things I was thinking about was it, knowing your opponent's points is important. And this I know I make this mistake sometimes too. But if you, with second edition being out and the points changing and like stuff not being printed on cards, make sure you know what your stuff costs and make sure you know what your opponent's stuff costs. Like I know so often you hear at the end of the game you're trying to like calculate your opponent's points and you like pause the game basically asking for how much your points cost. Um, maybe even try to sort that out in the beginning of the match. Like after you set up, if like you are waiting for the clock to start or something, like start calculating what your opponent's points cost. Like ask them directly. Like how many points does this cost? What's your bid? And I, I, I don't know if that's technically considered note taking as writing that down because you're referencing FFG material. But that, it is something to take into consideration and part of your win condition even in the end of the game. Like knowing all that information so always try to keep like a track of that like know your points how many points are destroyed how many points are ahead and knowing like exactly where you stand in that game so um launch bay if any of you use launch bay next you know it has like that tournament feature i don't know if you've ever used sure. it before so then you put in your list and you say okay i'm in a tournament and you say round one and you can scan your opponent's list in and yes. it'll scan like the QR codes. Definitely, yeah. Um, and then, and then it'll calc, and then you can put in points. So you can, it'll calculate it for you. So you could say, I killed this ship. I got half on this ship, and then it'll, it'll calculate the points for you. We need someone to develop a gritty gonk app that can do stuff like this. That would be super helpful. <laughs> Matt Chuang, if you're listening to this, there you go. That's your app. <laughs> the gritty gonk. Um, Zach, do you have any? Uh advice tips that you want to share um stay hydrated kids wear comfy shoes it's gonna be a long day snack bring a snack definitely bring a snack uh and then yeah make sure you know your own like the flip side to knowing your opponent's list make sure you know your own list like 
remember your stuff. Will, if you're listening to this, write regen on your hand. Just write it on there. <laughs> His one weakness stop. Like, but yeah, like know your own list, know your own triggers, especially for newer players. Like, honestly, like you're not allowed to take notes, whatever, but do like write stuff on your hand. I've done it at tournaments before when I knew there's a trigger that I was gonna forget in first edition. Especially when I was like a newer player. Just take a marker and write something on like the inside of your forefinger and thumb. When I flew a Saj at the end, I drew a giant exclamation point on my uh, hand just so I could remember to stress people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, give yourself that reminder. Like, yeah. it's going to be a long day. You're going to forget it at some point. And in a tournament, people don't have to go back and say, you can do that. Right. That's so. really good advice. Yeah. And in, in a tournament, most people aren't going to give you that, right? They're not going to allow it. So, yeah. you, you really at have best, to that. At best, they're going to give you one. Yeah. And if, if you if there's a second time, they'll start looking at you sideways. <laughs> yep. So, bring a marker. Oh, and bring pens. Always bring pens. That's something else that I feel like people don't say at tournaments. <laughs> Even though we're doing more stuff online now. But this happened last weekend. No one had a pen. We had to write stuff down. It was a mess. Okay. Big thing. Chris, you even made it on the podcast. Um, not not really. I, I guess, like, just just make sure you're having fun. Like we we were doing a whole like meta breakdown and meta ramble, but like none of this matters. Like just just make sure you're having fun in all of your games, right? Make sure your opponent is having fun in their games, and like to to Zach's point, less specific, I guess, but just slow down, right? Like I I tend to run a mile a minute and talk a mile a minute, but like in a game, it's really important that you're seeing clearly and thinking somewhat slowly. You got to think fast enough that you're playing within your time, but don't. There's no. There's no rush, right? Like, like just kind of take a step back each round, each turn, you know, before you take each action, and kind of and don't cycle through all the possible options because you'll you'll get confused. But just just go a little slower and, and things will work out. Um, it's really important, right? Because I think a lot of times, especially later in the day, um, you know, you get into these moments where it's like all about the dice that you're rolling and the shots that you're taking and whether or not your strategy is working. And it's really easy to start losing sight of those little decisions that really make the game work um, or, or make your game work. So those are the moments you kind of just have to take a step back from the table almost and not think about too much for a second. Um, I don't know if that kind of resonates with you guys, but it's really like when you make mistakes, it's because you're you're going too fast or you're overthinking. Uh, Jonathan, do you have anything to add before we close out? Last man. For prep? Um, prep so or I just think, any kind of tips, advice? Yeah, I think uh, thinking of a couple of different, at least like opening setups that you'd want for your list. I can think of multiple times in past tournaments where in the middle of the tournament, I'd see something I wasn't expecting in a tournament and I wouldn't know how to set up. And then I end up setting up poorly and then having to like fight myself at the beginning because I set myself up in a bad way. For instance, like I'd be like, I'd bring a, like I'd bring whatever list, and I'd be like, oh my goodness, I don't want to adjust my enemy list, that opposing list. I don't know where to put my ships. So to have a couple of ideas on different ways you might want to set up, like if you're like, oh, I can outjust him, I'm gonna set up this way, or no, I need to hide, I need him to come to me. I'm gonna set up the rocks differently. I'm gonna hide over here. Just a couple of different setups would be good. And we've listed a lot of archetypes and lists here, right? So you can go through everything we described and have a, an idea of how your list wants to deploy against these things. 
you're going to cover most of your bases with what we just covered, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you know how your ships want to deploy versus aces or versus beef, like that's that that alone is helpful, because um, yeah, that might be a very different strategy, right? Than just setting up in the corner like you might normally do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Cool. All right, let's close this out. Um, so just a quick reminder: this weekend is the Top Deck Hyperspace Hyperspace Trial. Uh, you have to register by calling this store or showing up to the store. I know the, I think they said pre-regs were a little bit low, so if you want a spot, I would definitely recommend calling this store. They'll put you into the system and good to go. And I think it's also five bucks cheaper if you register beforehand. So do that so we can get a accurate information of how many people are going to show up. And, you know, we're not scurrying around at the last moment trying to get everyone in there and setting up the proper amount of mats at the last second or anything like that. So do us are a favor. Are we working on getting a table costs? Oh Looking my at God. you, Chris. I have not registered. I'm not calling that number. No, I'm joking, but is there a tabletop TO coming? I believe he know? said there is. we are be- going to be using tabletop TO. I will touch base to find out if that is going to be up. I would hope so. It's up early so people can register for that, um, link their list into that, and everything is good to go that morning. Uh, so I will try to keep people posted on that on the uh, Facebook page and everything like that if you're coming to the tournament. Um, other than that, I think that does it for this week's episode. If you're a fan of the show, check us out on Patreon. The link is under our show notes. And we should be having some within the next two weeks, our new art coming out. And then I believe all the art should come out. If you, or the thank you notes, if you guys haven't gotten them yet, uh, the grievous ones, just shoot me a message. I believe I sent them all out, but maybe I missed you. Um, other than that, thanks everyone for listening and having a good night. Great, good. Great.